Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Well, as we begin today, I want to read from the book of Luke chapter 5. It's a story of the great catch of fish and the day in which Simon Peter was first called to be a disciple of Christ. Luke 5, 1 to 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed You know, church, many people would have grown up with a library card. Now, obviously, with the advancement of technology, it may not be used as much right now. But certainly growing up, most of us had a library card. I recall our family having a library card and using it every week or every second weekend. And we'd venture off to the library and we'd select a few books to take home and to read. I'm sure many of you can remember the same. I remember my absolute favorite books to take home. Tintin and geographical atlases. You say, what? I love taking home atlases and simply studying the world and looking at all the different countries and the rivers and the capitals of the different countries. Now, a while ago, I was on the internet and I discovered what what is called a living library or a human library. Basically, instead of books checking out books, you check out people. So instead of reading up on specific topics, you sit down and you talk with a person who is highly skilled on certain topics and then they give you their view, their understanding and their experience through conversation in a living library. What a great idea. But then as I was reading about this living library, I thought, you know, every day we get to read the great books of the Bible written by incredible authors. But imagine getting to sit face-to-face with the very people that saw and experienced what Jesus did in person. The people that sat under the teaching of Jesus. The the people that witnessed the miracles that Jesus did firsthand. I, I wonder what it would be like to have a living library and getting to sit in front of the disciples and having them speak to you face-to-face. I wonder what they would say. I wonder how they would speak. I wonder about the, the emotion they would convey. I mean, apart from what has been written in God's word already, I wonder what they would share with me. Uh, you know, I bet Peter probably had a whole lot to say. I mean, that man went through a whole lot. From being an ordinary fisherman to being one of the founding fathers of the church of Jesus Christ, 
that we are still in today and that is going to carry on. From rejecting Jesus to being restored, from heartache and pain to power and miracles. I mean, he would have incredible stories to share. As I said earlier, the story in the book of Luke chapter 5 that I read, it's the calling of Peter to leave fishing behind and to become a fisher of people, a disciple of Christ. I wonder, if I got to sit face to face with Peter, once an ordinary fisherman, I wonder what lessons he would give me from that very day that Jesus called him. Well, you know what I want to do today? I want to share five lessons that I believe that Simon Peter would give you and I from the day that he was first called by Jesus. So I've entitled the message very simply today, Lessons from a Fisherman. Lessons from a Fisherman. And today I want us to imagine that we're sitting in front of Peter. We're in a living library and we've asked Peter, based on, on this story when he was first called and when he had this massive catch of fish, what lessons he would want you and I to know. Now, there are five lessons that I want to give today. Now, there's probably many, but I think these are five that Peter would share with us face to face. And I pray they encourage you today. Number one is this. I, I believe this is the first lesson that he would teach you and I if we were sitting in front of him today. Number one, we need to remember that God has need for our boat. We need to remember that God has need for our boat. Verse 1 to 5 says this. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. How many of you know that's what we're doing today? We're listening to God's word. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, Simon Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. You know, I think far too often we look at our own lives and we think to ourselves, what do I have to offer God? I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. I don't have that much money. I, I, I feel like I don't have that many talents. What on earth can God use me for? I'm just a fisherman with a small fishing boat. We've all felt that way at some point in our lives, haven't we? That we're just not good enough or that we just have nothing to offer God. But isn't it amazing that Jesus used the small fishing boat of a regular, ordinary, day-to-day -day fisherman who, by the way, actually didn't catch a thing that night. Yet Jesus asked him to use his boat as a platform to teach and declare the goodness and the glory of God. Church, can I remind you, God has need of our boat. And we need to realize that God wants to use us as ordinary vessels to declare the goodness and glory of God to others. You know, so many times we make statements like, when I get this amount of money, then God can use me. When I learn to do this, then God can use me. When I get more of this or that, then God can use me. When I'm more qualified, come on, how many of us have said that before? When I'm more qualified, then God can use me. But all the while, actually, God wants to use us right where we are to proclaim who He is. I mean, I can only imagine how privileged Peter would have felt when Jesus said, I want to use your boat. 
Put your boat out a little from the shore so I can teach from it. I mean, how privileged did Peter feel? You know, today you might just feel like an ordinary fisherman with an ordinary boat. But can I remind you that God wants to use your boat. God wants to use your life for something great. You see, the question is not about what we have or don't have. The question is, are we willing to yield our boat to God? Are we willing to yield that which we think is too little? Are we willing to yield that which we think is too small or too useless or too broken or too messy or not good enough or not adequate enough? Are we willing to yield that and allow Jesus to use that and our life as a platform to proclaim his glory? Can I remind you today that Jesus can use anything that is yielded to his purpose? In fact, remember when Jesus rode into Jerusalem in the book of Matthew? Look what it says, Matthew 21. As they approached Jerusalem and came into Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey. Not a, not a beautiful stallion, not a fantastic Ferrari or a brilliant Mercedes-Benz, because, you know, not BMW, only Mercedes-Benz. No, none of that. A donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, now here's the crux, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. But it's just a donkey, but it's just a boat, but it's just five loaves and two fish, but it's just sand, it's just mud and it's just the spit of Jesus. But you know what? God will use that which we think is so small, so insignificant, so useless, so broken, so unqualified, God will use that as a platform to declare His glory. The question we must ask ourselves is this, have we yielded our boat to God? Number two, the second lesson that I think Peter would have taught us face to face is this, we need to do what God says, even when it doesn't always make sense. We need to do what God says, even when it doesn't always makes sense. From the story, verse 4 to 6, when he had finished speaking, Jesus, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Letting down their nets when they had just spent an entire night fishing did not make sense. Not only had they toiled all night with no catch to show for it, but these fishermen knew that catching fish was a whole lot easier at nighttime than during the day. If they had not caught fish at night, how on earth were they going to catch fish during the day? I mean, Peter could have easily responded to Jesus' instruction by saying, I'm not going to do it. I mean, I'm tired. Think about it. He'd already washed the nets. And besides that, the crowds had probably scared all the fish away. So he had that excuse as well. And he thought, well, we're never going to catch anything. Or maybe he thought, you know what? Jesus is a brilliant teacher. But in this boat, I'm the fisherman. I'm the, one, I'm the one who's got the skills. But he didn't think that. And he didn't say that. Instead, Peter responds by saying this. 
but because you say so, I will let down the nets. But because you say so, Jesus, I will let down the nets. Church, I wonder how many times we've missed out on the blessing, the catch of God, because we simply didn't do what God had told us. Because it didn't make sense. It, it was too hard. It, it defied logic because it called us to sacrifice. Because we tried before and it didn't seem to work. Come on, how many, how many times or how often do we miss out on, on seeing how much God can do in our lives, in us and for us, simply because it's easier to keep the boat at shore rather than listening to the voice of God. It's easier not to give. It's easier not to serve. It's easier not to sacrifice. It's easier not to lay down. It's just easier, yet we miss out on what Jesus has for us. You know, in this story, I love the humanness, the, the frailty of Peter. When Jesus first asks him, he responds by saying, you know, we've worked hard all night. We've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. And then he says, you know what, Jesus, I'll do as you say, because you've asked me to do it. You know, it's, it's almost like Peter was subtly trying to explain to Jesus that uh, it's not going to work. We, we've tried all night. We've worked all night. I don't think this is going to quite work out. Yet, despite his human logic telling him that this is going to fail, his faith ruled over and he obeyed Jesus anyway. Church, what is there in our lives that God has been asking us to do? Yet, what we see in the natural is telling us that this is not going to work. In fact, maybe God is asking you to give something up, but it doesn't make sense. Maybe it's time to start tithing. Maybe it's time to start giving. Yet in the natural, it doesn't seem to make sense how this is going to work out. How can I give God 10%? How is this going to work out? It doesn't make sense under the present circumstances. You know, it didn't make sense under those circumstances to cast out the net Nothing in the natural said that these fishermen were going to catch fish. But because you say so. Here's the thing that we have to remember, church, and this is a vitally important truth. The blessing does not lie in the abundance of the lake, but in the obedience of the fishermen. I'm going to say that again. The blessing does not lie in the abundance of the lake, but in the obedience of the fishermen. You know, Peter's blessing, his big catch, it was actually not reliant on whether the lake had fish or not. It wasn't reliant on, on whether the fish were biting or not, whether the conditions were right or not. Peter's blessing was solely reliant on whether he obeyed the command of Christ. Can I help you today? We need to stop looking at the lake in our life. Stop looking around us with our natural eyes and telling Jesus that there's nothing to catch. Nothing is biting. I'm never going to get anything. No, no, no. Our blessing doesn't come from the lake. Our blessing comes from our obedience to the voice of Jesus. When we respond in obedience to what God tells us through his word, we will always experience the blessing of the catch. Come on, let's not overcomplicate it. Let's rather simply obey and allow Jesus to bring in the blessing. You know, my faith does not lie in the lake, but in the command of the one who tells me to cast my net. Can we make a decision today that as we approach 2021, no matter what the year holds, we trust him for a better year, but no matter what the year holds, we will obey what God 
tells us. Number three, the third thing that I think Peter would have told us if we were in a living library with him is this. We need to live with an expectation that God can break our nets. We need to live with an expectation that God can break our nets. Verse 4 to 6 says this. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Let me ask you this today. Are you living in expectation that God can break the nets of your life? Do you live expecting that even though the night might have brought lack, that Jesus can bring blessing in the morning? That even though you got to the shore of 2020 and it felt like you caught nothing, that when God speaks and calls us out into the deep of 2021, that there is a catch that is waiting for us? Come on, we have to live in the constant expectation that irrelevant of the current circumstances, Jesus can break our nets. But you know what's interesting about this scenario? When Jesus tells Peter to cast his net and to prepare for a great catch, Peter's immediate, immediate response is to point to the failure of his past. Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. Peter immediately tells Jesus that the reason that Jesus cannot bless him now is because he failed in the past. Jesus, you can't do anything for me now because how I've already failed. I, I didn't catch anything overnight. I worked hard, but I never got anything. Come on, isn't that our human nature? How many times in life do we tell Jesus that there's no way he can bless us today because of how we failed yesterday? And because we failed then, what do we do? We never expect our nets to break today. So we simply settle for a prayer life that just asks God for enough to get by. You know, I think Peter made, when he made that statement about the fact that he had caught nothing and he toiled and he worked hard, I think actually what he was doing was pointing to three things. The first thing when he made that statement that I think he was pointing to is this. Peter pointed to his past. Jesus pointed to his future. You know, Peter told Jesus he had failed in the past. And all the while, Jesus was pointing to the blessing of his future. So often we point to the past, don't we? when all the while Jesus is actually pointing towards the future. So often we want to remind God of how we failed in the past and thus we're not qualified or good enough for now or the future. Yet all the while God is looking ahead at the future and the possibilities and the potential and the blessing that he has for us. So, so Peter points to his past, his failure, while Jesus points to the future. The second thing that Peter pointed to was this. Peter pointed to his lack. Jesus pointed to his catch. Come on, G Peter pointed to his lack, didn't he? But Jesus pointed to his catch. That's what he did. I want, I, I want to help you today. As we move into 2021, don't let the lack of 2020 define the expectation of 2021. Don't, don't let the lack of this year, the, the lack of a catch this year, define the breaking of the nets for next year. Come on, you may have caught nothing this year, but you have to live in the expectation that next year is going to be better. Next year, my nets are going to catch something. We need to ensure we never point to the lack as if God is hindered by the things that we don't have. 
what we need to do is simply respond to God's voice and throw the net. Number three, the third thing that Peter pointed to is this. Peter pointed to his work. Jesus pointed to God's grace. Peter pointed to his work. Jesus pointed to God's grace. When Peter pointed out that he had caught nothing, what does he say? I toiled and I worked hard all night. In other words, he's pointing back to his own works, his own strength. And based on on this, on his own works, his own strength, he's not expecting to catch anything. Jesus, however, doesn't point to the works of the fishermen, but rather he points to God's grace. I can imagine him saying in the moment to Peter, Peter, there's a lesson here. You cannot do this in your own strength. You cannot toil and toil all night in your own strength because you will have nothing to show at the end of your day. But rather, when you simply obey what I say and do what I ask you, Peter, you can expect a great catch. Not from your strength, Peter, but by my grace. Church, they had fished all night and they caught nothing. Yet, in one simple casting of the net, they caught so much that their nets began to break. And do you know that this is a picture of the grace of God? We cannot do life in our own strength, can we? Come on, if you've tried to do life in your own strength, you'll know. I know. We can't do it on our own. You know what we're going to do? We're going to get to the end of our day, the end of our life, and we're going to have nothing to show for it. But when we live in His strength, in His grace, and we obey His call, we begin to see the favor of the catch of His grace in our lives. I don't know about you, church, but I'm living in expectation that God can break my nets in 2021. Come on, don't point to your past. Trust God as he points to your future. You may have caught nothing in the night, but morning is coming. Can I remind you of the book of Lamentations today? Lamentations 3.22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You might be living in the lack of 2020, in the night of 2020, but a new morning is coming. Come on out there. Are you saying amen with me? Amen and amen. Number four, the fourth lesson that I think Peter would teach you and I today is this. We need to live being a blessing to others. We need to live being a blessing to others. Luke 5, 7 says this, one of of my favorite parts of the scripture. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Man, I love that part of the story. They filled both boats. I mean, think about this. Jesus was speaking to Peter. Why did he not simply bless his boat with the fish? I mean, he was in Peter's boat, wasn't he? Think about it. I mean, even one boat being so full that it begins to sink is a massive blessing. But can I remind you today that God is the God of more. Jesus blessed Peter's boat so that Peter's boat overflowed to bless the other fishermen. Church, Jesus never simply blesses our boat for our consumption. The purpose of blessing is to pour out into the boats of other people. God always blesses our lives so that we may live as a blessing to others. Especially in the season, 
May we be reminded that we are blessed to be a blessing, that we have fish to help feed other people. You know what's interesting? The Bible in this story says that the catch was so great that both boats began to sink. I mean, that's quite a blessing when you think about it. They began to sink under the weight of blessing, but they managed to make it to shore. Think about this for a moment. Imagine Peter never called the other boats and poured out his catch into the other boats, to the other fishermen. Think about that. Imagine Peter tried to keep the entire catch in his boat for himself. I'll tell you exactly what would happen. The entire boat that Peter was in would have sunk, and every fish that Peter had caught would have simply swum free back into the lake. See, here's the thing that I've discovered, church. Whenever I try to hold on to the blessing of God for myself, I only begin to sink. Whenever I hold on to God's blessing for me alone, I start to lose it. You know, I look back on my life and I realize that whenever I try to hold on to the catch, instead of actually having it at the end of the day, I began to sink. But whenever I poured the catch into the boats of other people, I was able to live in the blessing of a massive catch for myself. You see, this is vitally important for us to remember. Peter's catch was only possible by Christ's command. You see, Peter, in his own strength, had caught nothing. Everything he had was only by the grace of God. You see, here's the thing. Everything that you and I have is only by the grace of God. And it's important that we live a life that is generous in blessing other people. And I'm, I'm not only talking financially today. We need to be a blessing with our words. We need to be a blessing with our time. We need to be a blessing with our encouragement. We need to be a blessing with our appreciation shown to people. You know, I think Peter would have taught us that a life that is lived catching fish only for ourselves is a life that never leaves legacy. My prayer is that God would bless me in so many areas that I can cause other people's boats to overflow as well. Would that be your prayer as well today? Can we pray that God would bless us so much, not for our own consumption, but so that we could pour into the lives of other people? The final lesson today that I think Peter would have taught us, and I really pray that this is helping you and encouraging you as we gear towards the end of the year and we head off to 2021. Number five, following Jesus means letting go of the good to pursue the better. Following Jesus means letting go of the good to pursue the better. Verse 8 to 11 says this, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Peter left everything behind to follow Jesus. We must understand what everything actually was when the Bible says he left everything. It was his lifestyle. 
It was his means of income. It was his resource. It was his provision. It was his security. It was his safety. It was his plan for his life. It was his purpose, or so he thought. It was good. And while he might not have caught something that night, Peter was good at what he did. Yet, he left the good and he followed Jesus towards the better. Fishing for fish was good, but being a fisher of men, living in purpose, and being a builder of God's kingdom? How many of you know that's so much better? Peter became one of the founding fathers of the church, the church that 2,000 years later still stands strong, still stands tall, and still glorifies God and helps people. Imagine Peter had not been willing to let go of the good. If he hadn't, he would have never experienced the better. Church, following Jesus costs us something, and it often costs us what seems to be the good. But remember this, Jesus never calls us to follow him if it does not take us to the better. I wonder how many times you and I, we, we've, we've held on to the good for, for fear of lack, because we were uncertain, because we didn't have answers, because we were scared of the future, yet in the process, while holding on to the good of the boat, we actually gave up the better of being fishers of people. Whenever God calls us from good, He calls us into better. Maybe today God is asking you to let go of good and you're going, but my boat, but I'm a fisherman, but my resources, my provision, my safety, my security, my plan, my purpose. But remember this church, God always asks you to give up good in order to take you into better. So today, these are the five lessons that I think Peter would have shared with us. The five lessons being that we need to remember that God has need for our boat. We need to do what God says, even when it doesn't make sense. We need to live with an expectation, especially in 2021, that God can break our nets. Number four, we need to live being a blessing to others. And finally, following Jesus means letting go of the good to pursue the better. But as we come to a close today, I think Peter would have added one more to those lessons. And I think it would have been this, his most important lesson. And I actually think it would have been based on the last five words of the story. The last five words of the story is this, left everything and followed him. Left everything and followed him. See, see church, there comes a point in our lives where we're confronted with the truth, the power, the grace, the authority, and the lordship of Jesus. And it's at this point in our lives that we need to leave our past behind, our mistakes behind, our sin behind. We need to repent, and we need to follow Jesus. I wonder if you're in that place today. Maybe you've been hanging on to your boat. Maybe that boat represents your idea of salvation, your idea of good, your idea of what life looks like, your plan, your purpose. But Jesus is speaking to your heart today. And he's saying you need to live those last few words in that story. Left everything and followed him. In fact, maybe you've been scared to follow Jesus because you thought, ah, oh, man, my life is going to be a mess and letting this go means no, no, no. Jesus takes us from good to better. So today... Maybe God's speaking to your heart and you're saying, you know what? I actually need to leave the boat behind. I need to actually follow Jesus and I need to make him the Lord of my life. I recognize that he died for me and I actually, I need to honor him and leave my boat, my plan, my purpose, my idea 
and follow Jesus. If that's you today, there's going to be a prayer that's coming up on the screen that I'm going to pray. And if you're coming to Christ for the first time, or if you're coming back to Him, can I remind you that Peter rejected Christ later in life, but was given an opportunity to be restored. And at that point, he left everything and he followed Christ again once and for all. If that's you and you're coming back today to Christ, I want you to pray this prayer as well. So come together. Let's pray this prayer. Dear God, today I recognize my need for a Savior. I recognize that I cannot save myself. I recognize that I've been holding on to my boat. I recognize that I've been wanting my plan and my purpose. But today I yield my heart to you. I put you on the throne of my life. I repent of my past mistakes. And I thank you that you don't point back to that. Because Jesus, you died and you took my sin. You paid for my sin so that I could walk free. Today I recognize you as Lord. Come into my life and make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 